0: Well, very good morning to you and um, welcome to the Health Hour. My name is um, Dr. Cindy sio Fansale and it's good to be back. Um, This morning's topic is really something, um, you know, it's uh, it's a very important topic, especially because I've been through this. So infertility is something that affects a lot of people and um, a lot of people's relationships take strain. Because of infertility. So this morning's show is really going to be awesome because I have Saskia Williams in the studio and Angela and they'll be sharing their personal experiences and also giving information on the Infertility Awareness Society of South Africa. So yeah, this is definitely one to, to, to listen out to. And if you want to get, get hold of us, you can um, tweet us at cliffcentral.com. You can tweet me at doccindy, D O C S I N D I. And you can call into studio 0861 So yeah, good morning ladies and thank you so much for being here. Morning, Cindy. Good morning. Okay, let's start with you. How did you, um, yeah, how did you end up starting the society, and also I want to hear a bit about your personal story.
1: Good morning, Dr. Cindy. Thank you for having us on the show. Um, infertility Awareness Association of South Africa was uh, made up in 2013 on the back of a Discovery Health AGM, which mm-hmm. we appeared with a bunch of girls appeared um, at to try and lobby for fair cover for infertility treatment with the medical aids because the main medical aids do not cover the di- treatment of the disease at all. Do they still not cover it? They're still not covering it. Yeah, They cover, okay. they cover the um, diag- part of the diagnosis and some of the tests, Tests, but not for the treatment at sure. all. So we're, we're still lobbying. D- we must, still in must talks. definitely come back to this topic. <laughs> okay. yes. yeah. We're still in talks. So we we realized then that um, a, 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 an association like a FASA was very needed in South Africa. In fact, we're the only... Um, NP NPC, NPC profit company that's dedicated to building awareness for infertility in South Africa. Okay. We are made up purely of, of volunteers. We've got six members. We've got two non executive board members, which is a fertility specialist and a fertility counsellor on our board as well. Um so all of us girls do have daytime jobs or day jobs, but we do this because we're passionate about it mm. and about building awareness and um it's we're kind of that like the link. Directly between the specialist and and the public, and so we need that. We definitely do need it, and the, and also breaking the silence is not an embarrassing disease to have. It is classed as a disease by the World Health Organization. Uh, one in six couples suffer from it, so. People are generally quite embarrassed about coming forward with having infertility, but as it's a disease there's nothing to be embarrassed about and that's what we want to bring out to the public as well.
0: Yeah, and the whole stigma around infertility is that feeling of failure. You feel as if you you know you know, you can't even do that, that one thing, you know. And it's not it goes beyond sex. Having kids is not just about
1: banging and then the child Comes There's so much more involved with regards to falling pregnant Yes there is And that's also why um, I got involved Because I know the loneliness about infertility How it separates you from your friends yeah. Your colleagues and your family Who think that all it takes to, have, to make a baby is to have sex um, So really it does affect you Not just in your um, family building time But it also leaves you behind with your counterparts um, in the fact that you are spending money on on fertility treatments that are not cheap at all, whereas your another couple that has been married the same time as you perhaps is buying a house, you are saving up for fertility treatment. Perhaps they're buying a car, whereas you're paying off the debt related to fertility treatments. So it's not just that you get left behind with not having children at the same time as your friends and your family, and that it, you really do get it, it affects your whole entire life. And people don't really understand that. And as a couple, it really does affect your relationship. Either I um I, I feel strongly that either you become closer because of it or you or you rip apart. That, yeah. is so yeah. that is so true. That is
0: so true. It's one or the other. You either yes. get closer or you split up.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that's why we, 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 we formed IFASA. Um, we've got a website, www.ifasa.ca.za, that's dot za. We have all sorts of information on there about family building, about infertility, about specialists, etc. Um, you did ask about my personal story. Mm. I can give you a, a background. It's, it spans 10 years, so <laughs> it's, it's quite a long one, but I can do it okay. in a short and then you can expand a bit further if you, if you want to. Um in two thousand and five, my husband and I got married um early two thousand and six we started trying for a baby, which is obviously just the fact that you throw the pills away and you have sex a lot um and when it didn't happen after a few months, we were actually living in England at the time and you we we went to our g p our g p said sorry you have to try for two years before we refer you to a specialist i was twenty seven years old my husband was twenty six so relatively young in in fertility terms or fertility terms um I didn't like that, so I made an appointment with a woman GP, and she referred us to a fertility specialist. They did some tests on both myself and my husband. We did our first IVF treatment. I didn't do a lot of tests. I did a few that decided what was wrong, that we would need to do IVF with ICSI, which means injecting the sperm into the egg. And we went for it. I was 27. We had our first IVF treatment. We landed up with one embryo, which is really not very good, and we didn't fall pregnant. Now, I was very naive when I first went into... Our first IVF treatment. I didn't really look into it. I just thought, mm. well, it's you know, well, obviously it's going to work. I mean, I'm young. The first
0: time around, yes, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm young, and this is this is this is like great. It's scientific. It's going to work. And when it didn't, I was we were very very upset. And then I started to look into the reasons behind infertility and and it not working the first time. And I'm young, and why could it possibly not happen? So it took another couple of years before we did another cycle. Mm. We decided to do it in South Africa. We were still living in England, but South Africa has world-class clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really like the treatment we got in the, in the English, in the English clinic. So we decided to come here to do treatment. We, we organized a lot of it by email, came over for three weeks, did the treatment. It went better. I was 29 now. Um, we had two for day five embryos, which is very good. And we all thought that we were going to have twins. Two weeks later, we do a test and it's um, a negative. Again, we're back in England by that time. And so obviously we really thought that it was all going to be fine and we were going to have twins and then we would never have to do this again. So it knocked us, um, as a couple very hard. And, um, we took another couple of years off. It's not just financial, the problem. It's, it's also very emotional. emotional yeah. Oh, yes. It's so draining Cause to try and that, you know, face it again. Yeah. You know, you're
0: hopeful and then you you know, your hopes are dashed. And the things on the other side, we as medical, um, practitioners, we, we just so, casual about it no man don't worry you'll try again in a few months time just keep on taking your vitamin yes. and keep doing this and i don't even think we take the time to actually sit down with couples and really speak about what they're going through really understand what it is they were going through did you get any counseling at all
1: no not then i have since then but i do okay. recommend it to anybody that's going through it that they should have counseling right from the first time that they do a fertility mm. treatment because it's, you need to learn how to deal with the emotions involved if it doesn't work it's all very well if it does work um, but if it doesn't work, you really need to know it, it does really, really hit you. And obviously, you do take a bit of time out to to raise funds, but you also need to take time out to be a couple and to talk about it and to make sure that you guys are on the same page. Before we actually started any IVFs, we decided, my husband and myself, to only do three cycles, Really, um, not just because of the financial impact implications, but also because of the emotional implications of these failed cycles and how they can happen. So we decided that we would only ever do three cycles. They They say that the minimum you should do is about three cycles to make sure that they um know more about you every time you do a cycle and then perhaps by the third one everything works fine mm-hmm. so we decided to do three three cycles so now we've done two that had failed and so we took another couple of years off and well we didn't take it off <laughs> but um, i know i understand what you <laughs> mean yeah off of actual treatments and we decided to move back to south africa so we planned mm-hmm. our move then in So in 2011, early 2011, we moved back to South Africa and we decided to pursue adoption. Now, adoption has never been um, a problem with me or my husband. We actually, before we even had fertility problems, we um, decided that we perhaps would adopt and have a biological child. You know, that's when... We're very naive (laughs) and that things work out like that. Um, So we've never had a problem at all with adoption. My best friend was adopted. I've been around it most of my life. So we decided to start the process when we got back to South Africa and we concentrated on the adoption process rather than fertility treatment. But we knew we still had one cycle left in our bank, so to speak. Um, We got onto the list in November in 2011. We got onto the adoption list. We were looking for a Caucasian baby. No, we didn't, we didn't want to name the sex or anything. It was just that that's what we felt more comfortable with. Mm. So in 2012, in May, June, we decided that we'll do our final cycle. We changed clinics. We changed the whole protocol. It was a completely different scenario and we fell pregnant. First pregnancy test positive ever in my life Mm. and and since. Um, It was our best day of our lives so far up to then. And um, we thought everything was going to be absolutely fine. and We'd go into the sunset with our baby and be happy ever after. Um, Unfortunately, at 24 weeks, we lost our um, baby girl due to chromosomal abnormalities, which is obviously quite far along in the pregnancy, 24 weeks. Um, there was, it was just a one in a million chance that this could happen. We've both been tested since and neither of us carry any genetic abnormalities. Um, but this is something that, that happens. You don't just go into the sunset after you receive a positive pregnancy, um, test. So obviously we, we were very, very, very devastated and upset. We had been keeping our social worker in the picture throughout the pregnancy. They normally keep you on the adoption list, um, uh, right up until you have a live birth. And so we'd been keeping her informed. We told her what what had happened, and um, she she was obviously keeping us away from any any people that were looking for parents for their babies. And um, until such time as we decided that we were okay with it, in December this happened in November when we lost um, Eloise in, in 2012. In 2012, yeah. yeah. In December we got a phone call from our social worker. She said she had decided to put our um, profile forward to prospective parents or prospective birth mother and um that we had been chosen as first choice but there was a second and third choice if perhaps it was too much for us emotionally to take. Um we talked a lot. It was a boy, so she knew that if it was a baby girl there's no way. It was a very emotional time for us um to make this decision. We had a few only a few days to make the decision. Um, and we talked to our counselors, we talked to our family, we talked to our friends um and we understood that whereas we were in a very fragile place emotionally, that this is something that we thought would was sent from from our our baby girl to ourselves mm. to yeah, so we picked up our our baby boy four days later in December, and um yes, it was a very trying time. You have to wait a certain amount of time before that you can apply for the child to be adopted. You have to wait for a time period where the birth mother can change their mind. So it was very, very emotional time. And it did take a lot of counseling and um, talking between ourselves and families and friends and stuff for us to get through that trying time. But now we sit with a two-and-a-half-year-old who's the happiest child you've ever seen and bright as a button and just makes us smile every single day. So it does make it all worthwhile. Wow. So that's my story Wow Saskia <laughs> I mean true, much your, much. you and your husband
0: have been through a lot Yes And, and it I, has
1: made us closer luckily Yeah Very luckily Wow
0: I'm I'm sitting and I'm feeling so emotional Because I mean as I told you outside um, I mean my husband and I you know t- Took us four years to have our, our first born And I'd also just as I was giving up And we were ready to, to you know try and adopt a little child We had seen at um, Coronation Hospital Then we fell pregnant you know so I, yeah, yeah, wow. Thank you for sharing that. Pleasure. I think um, you know you are definitely the the right person to be working with the Infertility Awareness Society, and I think it's always so important when people share their personal stories because you know when you when you when you when you talk to someone and you say to them, I actually understand how you feel. You've walked the walk. You know. You know. You, you know. When you say it, you're not you're not just talking empty words. You know, you know what they're going through. Each time a cycle fails, the money that has to be raised, and so on. And your battle with the medical aids—I mean, that is such an important um, battle to fight. Because if one in six people are, are are battling with infertility, then you know, and we pay so much money towards medical aid, they have to pay.
1: They have yes, to pay. Yes, that's how we feel. Definitely. And what they think is that other diseases would then fall by the wayside, perhaps because they only have a certain amount of money that they can pay, and infertility isn't um, life-threatening which they don't seem to understand that it does take over your entire life when you're Mm. going through it. You stay away from baby showers. You try and stay off Facebook because you're so scared that you're going to see a pregnancy announcement for somebody that's been together with their boyfriend for two weeks um so it really really does affect the lives of people involved and the medical aides they just think of their coffers at the end of the Mm. day but we are making a a few inroads with them they are talking to us we stood up at a couple of AGMs and then they decided that they would open their doors to us instead of making us do it again because we came with the proxies about 2500 proxies the second time we went to the discovery AGM um of people that obviously decided that they They support us, so then they took us seriously. We have had a few meetings with them, and we've got them to meet with SASREG, which is the um, organization that monitors fertility clinics, etc., in South Africa, and they are talking about how to make it financially viable for the medical aid. So we hope that's at some point in the future, not too far distant future, that it will be an option for medical aids. There is one medical aid that does pay for a couple of cycles, it's CAMAF okay. It's obviously the professional for the medical aid for accountants, chartered accountants. Um, but that is the only medical aid that pays anything further than just diagnosis and tests and minimal, minimal treatment. And they don't even, people don't even know that they can actually use their medical aid savings for their um, fertility treatment if they've been with the well, discovery for more than a year. But we do have it listed on our website how they can go about claiming them must look at ifasa.co.za um, and they can see how they go about claiming and for tests and stuff that generally come straight out of your medical savings they can then claim for them to be put back into their into their medical savings afterwards so they need to look at our website and see if they are using what they do offer to the best of the to the you know the best of that's available
0: mm. angela thank you so much for being here <laughs> thank you so and um yeah thank i know you. i yeah i'm interested to, I'm, I'm interested to hear what your story is
2: Okay, my story. Well, I actually met Saskia through setting up a um, as Saskia said it was a bunch of women who got together. We actually met in an online support group. Okay. And it was fantastic to meet somebody else who was going through infertility. It sounds very strange, but you can feel very much on your own when you're going through this. I had so many people telling me, relax, have sex, do this, do that. It'll be fine. It wasn't fine. My then-husband and I um, went through a number of IUI treatments, which completely failed, did our first IVF, and were very fortunate to fall pregnant with one single embryo. Our little embryo split. We were expecting identical twin boys and sadly lost our boys at four months. I was completely broken, absolutely shattered, um At that stage, very heavily pregnant, with all the hormones and a twin pregnancy, I looked like I was about to pop these babies any second. So to lose them was just, I think, the greatest heartbreak I've ever experienced in my life. We did two more IVFs, which were a dismal failure, didn't even have a successful embryo to implant ever again, and then decided to follow our doctor's advice and go down the egg donor route. So I now have a little girl she's 17 months old the absolute joy of my life created with an egg donor's eggs So she's not likely to have a sibling um her father and I have since split up sadly we are the tragedy of what infertility can do to a couple we've or I've certainly been through extensive counseling and you know, I don't think it's 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 a heartbreak you can never explain to someone else if they haven't gone through it. But I think that I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't have my little girl. I and there's nothing there's nothing in the world that would make it worthwhile if I didn't have her. Mm. So that's my personal story. Um a FOSA has been a pet project of all of ours. You know, overseas, every continent in the world has infertility awareness associations. And it's been very strange that South Africa didn't have one. So we're lobbying very hard to get cover for people or to build awareness. People need to understand that one in six couples suffers from infertility. Um, it's divided up into three factors. So you can say... is the male, 33% is the female, and the last 33% is both the male and female. So in South Africa, or in Africa in general, it's always seen that the woman is the problem. And this is not always the case. It's just as large a part that the man is the problem, or it's both of them. And in my case, it was both of us. It was both male and female infertility problems, and thankfully, I mean, the doctors, the infertility clinics that are out there are just phenomenal. I mean, in in what they do and how they treat people. But it really is up to the public to start breaking the silence around infertility and coming forward. And EFOSA and our sponsors, I mean, we have amazing sponsors, Cape Fertility Clinic down in Cape Town. SASREG, which is the Reproductive in- Endocrinology Society in South Africa. Heart in Cape Town, Gift of Life, which is an egg donor agency. Baby to Mom, another egg donor agency. BioArt, a fertility clinic here in Joburg. MedFem, another fertility, here in here, fertility clinic here in Joburg. And Fembro. So all of these groups, or all of these various clinics and egg donor agencies, work very closely together. Um you know it's it's a competitive environment mm. but they do work very closely together in bringing infertility awareness to South Africa and work closely with a foster to do that. Well, anything
0: else? Well, um, you've said a mouthful and I think let's just I mean let's just go back to what you spoke about um how women are always seen to be the problem when it comes to infertility. That is so true. That is so true and I think, um, and and that's the reason why we're having this show because we need people to know that it's not always the woman's problem. You know, there's a couple, there's two people trying to have this baby. So when there's infertility, um, you know, to be investigated, both parties need to come to the table. Yes, you know. And so my whole thing is, if you know, say you're, you know, you're a woman in this situation, how do you get your partner to take
2: part in the tests? What do you say? Where do you start? Well, it's actually it's easier for the man to do the tests. Mm. For a woman to do all her tests, it's quite expensive, very, and it's very invasive. Mm. For a man to do his tests, he needs a sperm analysis. It's mm. and sp- it's so simple, yes, it's quite simple, and it's much cheaper, and you can find out immediately if there's a sperm factor problem. If there's no sperm factor problem, then you know it's it's probably a problem with the woman. Mm then you can go ahead with all those expensive and invasive tests. But it really is, I mean, you have to to fall pregnant. It's amazing that we have so many unwanted pregnancies. To fall pregnant is really a miracle in itself. And a normal couple has a 25% chance in any month of falling pregnant, even if they are perfectly fertile and don't have a problem. It's the shortest window, a 12 to 24 hour window for that that egg to be alive and Mm. receive sperm. So, you know, it, it. I mean, men just need to own up and say, it could be me. It could be me. And rather than spending so much money on tests that may be completely unnecessary, just go do it. Yeah,
1: But it's not as easy as that. The woman generally does go and get all her tests done first because the, we don't want to challenge the man's manliness in the fact that it might be a problem with their sperm. And their sperm is very much how they feel. Well, manly, I assume. I don't know, I'm not a man. But um it's, yes, it depends if your husband is in, in it as much as you are, or are willing to, you know, take it, take that step further. But it's so much, it is so much easier for them, they just need a cup in a room, and off they go, whereas we have to sit with our legs in, strip, sorry. But um it's far more inv- invasive. Before fertility treatments, I used to hate having a pap smear. Now it's, Very simple. Now it's very straightforward. Now there's nothing that can embarrass me. Um, However, for the men, for some reason, I don't know. It's just a mind block. Mm. So I think you need to take it very sensitively with the man. Talk to him. Explain to him that it will save them money if they probably if they get him tested first. First, Yeah. Nothing to do that it might be his problem or fault or anything like that. It just is a more sensible way to do it Mm -hmm. rather than spending all the money and then perhaps it's it's a problem with the man. However, with the blame. With the blame game, um, I'm very, very, very um, hot on the fact that it's a problem with you as a couple it doesn't matter whose issue it is or yeah. what it turns out to be you chose it's to marry each problem. other yeah. you chose to marry each other you love each other you don't love them for the children that they can give you or you shouldn't be married if you do love them for the children that they can give you so it becomes your problem so mm. everybody generally asks we had that a lot whose problem is it family members or whatever friends they always they don't care they just ask but i always say it's our problem because mm. it is our problem it doesn't matter who's Issue specifically health issue It is it is our problem As a couple and if you look at it like that way Then that will really help you get through Infertility as a couple
0: mm. And the other thing I wanted to find out from you um, Angela in terms of uh, the people that, that are part of the society um, Do people disclose To their relatives I think You know because I know that when my husband and I were, were, were Struggling to have a baby I just I didn't want too many People to know and I just felt you know Let's just keep it between ourselves and we'll see what happens Even though people were starting to ask questions Do people find it easy to disclose their relatives Do people keep it to themselves What happens
2: You generally have a, a quite a mix There are certain people who won't tell anyone mm. I mean they won't tell anyone at all Then you have other people Thankfully like us in Afasa Who are more than willing to share our stories But I primarily share my story Because if I had had the support That we offer people Um, through a fossa at the time when I was going through infertility, I think it would have made a big difference to my life. Mm. I have no shame in saying I had to use an egg donor. And my daughter has already been told and will be told throughout her life to be proud of who she is, to be so thankful that this wonderful woman gave up one cell, literally one cell, but I got to grow her. I got the pleasure of feeling a baby kick. I got the pleasure of breastfeeding childbirth. I loved every moment. If I could go back again, I would do it 10 times.
0: Pregnancy. Oh, pregnancy is interesting, isn't it? It's
2: divine. I loved it. <laughs> I was quite sick. Uh, there was a lot of preterm labor, bed rest, everything else. But I loved it. It was just the most fantastic thing I've ever experienced in my life. Mm. And, and it's such a privilege as well. Yeah. So for me, if I was to hide the story is to tell her that there's something wrong, there's something to be ashamed of. There isn't. This little girl was brought together by numerous people loving her. Uh, doctors, counselors, an egg donor. You know, it was just, I have, I, I mean, it's the same as Saskia's little boy. There is nothing to hide. Mm. So I think we're very fortunate in that we found each other and we're extremely fortunate that, you know, we've been able to put this organization together. It's a huge amount of work. Um, we desperately need volunteers to help us. We have a website that we need to maintain. We've got fundraising efforts, sponsorship efforts, and infertility is not going away. It's It gets bigger and bigger every year. The hormones Mm. we have in our food, the jobs we do, infertility is just getting worse. So, if anyone wants to get involved, um, please check out www.ifasa.co.za. That's i f a a s a dot c o dot z a. We would love to have more members on board. We would love more support. If anyone would like to sponsor us and give funds towards what we were do what we are doing, it would be fantastic. I mean, one of our current projects is an onco um, cancer project to explain to people that before you get cancer treatment, you can have fertility preservation. You can bank your sperm. You can rescue some eggs or ovarian tissue. Um, A lot of young people go for cancer treatment and don't realize that they can try and preserve their fertility. It doesn't guarantee. I mean, you could end up like me and have having to use an egg donor or a sperm donor. But it's extremely important. And then on the other side of that... We need to educate people and say, men, come out. can Become sperm donors. And a lot of men think, oh, I'm not doing it. It's because it's a lesbian couple or a single woman shouldn't be allowed. That's not just the only case why people need sperm donors. Men go through cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. They have testicular damage in accidents. Yeah, yeah. They're paraplegic. You know, there's lots of reasons why couples need um, donor sperm. It's one cell. And it's a gift of life to someone else. It allows them to raise a beautiful child. So... You know, there's a lot behind infertility that we need to educate people There's so much. I mean, the whole issue about preserving fertility,
0: uh, you know, before you go for cancer treatment, I hadn't even thought of that, Angela. Mm. That is so important. It's
2: extremely important. Wow.
0: But we'll be back after the song break because what we need to discuss now is like to break down what infertility is and, and, you know, go through all the definitions because I know, I mean, I'm getting a lot of um, feedback on on Twitter. People are really enjoying this topic. We'll be back.
2: Thank you. I'm the future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn, but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold,
0: which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibania Gold. We are one. This is CliffCentral.com. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. CliffCentral.com. Okay, so we're back. And that song was especially for you, Saskia, because I know you like Bon Jovi. Thank you. So, yeah, tell me, yeah, I think let's get into the definitions of infertility. Let's just go through each one so people understand
1: exactly what infertility is. Okay, I'll take this one. Um, infertility is actually defined as um, not being able to conceive after 12 months of trying, as in having unprotected sex if you're under 35, or, and, or for six months if you're over 35. So literally, if you cannot conceive or carry a child to term after 12 months, you should go and get yourself checked out. Now, although age is very important factor in your fertility, it's not the only factor in, in your fertility at all. Um, and the warning signs should be taken note of as early as in your 20s rather than just waiting for, um, for to, well, either to find the perfect partner or if you perhaps are um, have problems with your, perhaps endometriosis or polycystic ovarian syndrome, you should start researching it as early as your 20s. I'm going to give you, I'm going to read this um, definition of infertility because you need to know how. Important, how really miraculous a pregnancy is by just having sex, because <laughs> um it's a complicated process. it depends on a number of factors, including the production of healthy sperm by the man, healthy eggs produced by the woman, unblocked fallopian tubes that allow the sperm to reach the egg the sperm's ability to fertilize the egg when they meet, the ability of the fertilized egg or the embryo to become implanted in the woman's uterus, and then sufficient embryo quality to ensure a healthy um, full-term birth. So really the stars have to align and all sorts of things have to happen at the right time of the month and... You know, it's really, as we said before, it's miraculous how many pregnancies happen without people noticing, (laughs) because if you look into it at all, you'll realize that it's really, really a big deal to try and fall pregnant and to keep the pregnancy. Um, In fact, for the pregnancy to progress to full term, the woman's hormonal environment needs to be adequate for its development. It's all sorts of things that need to be looked at to um, conclude a successful pregnancy, now, there are a list of warning signs on our website that you need to take a note of for women and for men. Um, I'll go through them now. It's obviously your age, under 35 or over 35. It's a regular cycles or if a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome has been made.
0: Yeah. And, and that's very common, especially yes. now with overweight. And that's re- the reason yes. why
1: I couldn't fall pregnant because I had, pol- I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yes.
0: So my ovaries are producing these eggs that aren't going to where they're meant to be. And that's how we couldn't
1: have a baby. It's very common. Yeah. Percetigabrine and endometriosis are very, very common. Mm. And that's the reason why I'm banting. And that's the reason why I'm losing weight. Yes, I'm banting too. It's, a, it's great. I'm also starting to lose. It's fantastic. Um If you have pain during menstruation or intercourse, and if a diagnosis of endometriosis has been made, that's also a warning sign. If you've had previous surgery in your pelvis, if you've got a history of sexually transmitted disease or pelvic infection, if you've got a BMI of more than 30, Mm. Um, if you're planning on or having or having cancer treatment, then we talked about prever- preserving your fertility first. Now the male's warning signs kind of follow along the same um, same environment, but it's a little bit different. Sexually transmitted diseases if you've had them in the past, previous testicular surgery or trauma, men who experience chronic chronic pain in the genital area, area the use of anabolic steroids or gym supplements. Mm. A history of mumps during the teenage years. Now, a lot of men don't actually know if they've had mumps. If you had them when you were 12, 10, whatever, you're not going to remember having them. So mm. you do need to check with your parents to see yeah. if perhaps that you, d- you did have mumps um, because it does affect your fertility. Um, excessive smoking, alcohol use, and or illicit drug abuse, a BMI of over 30, and men with erectile dysfunction as well. So those are all warning signs for the female and the men. doesn't matter what your age. Yeah. And 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 I think this is where the
0: conversation then comes in with your medical practitioner because, I mean, look with me. I must tell you before before we started having uh, before we started trying for a baby, I hadn't even looked up um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I mean, I've always been hairy. I've always had a bit of a beard, that I need to wax or, or you know or tweeze once in a while. It never occurred to me that all of that was signs of 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 PCOS.
1: Yes. No, it's definitely something you need to be aware of, and and endometriosis as well. And there's all sorts of different warning signs for endometriosis. Do you know a few of them? And yeah, well, it's it's, it's it, bleeding it and really, yes, really pain pa- and bad pain during menstruation, and, yes. and so on. And that's those that also affects your fertility. So it's things that you need to to be aware of already when you, where, before you've met the man of your dreams or the woman of your dreams, you need to be a little bit aware of it and perhaps speak to your doctor about it. But if you have been trying for a certain amount of time or um, you are in a happy relationship, a monogamous relationship, and you haven't, it hasn't happened after a few months, go and get checked out by a specialist. Don't waste your time at gyne, Guin- who don't specialize in fertility. Go and see a fertility specialist. And like me, we had to be referred, in England, we had to be referred by, by a doctor A GP You couldn't just turn up Now you can actually Approach the fertility clinics Yourself There's a list of them On our website It's very very, You need to go to A SASREG accredited um, Fertility clinic Because they're The government body That keep them all in check And make sure They're doing the right Okay Okay. And um, there's a list of clinics On our website To have a look at But I would go Sooner rather than later Because age is definitely A factor Even as little as Six months Can make the difference Between um, a successful pregnancy And an unsuccessful pregnancy Especially if you've got um Low egg reserves.
0: Okay, and so what are the options available? I mean, I know you—you know—before you, you spoke about the egg donor, you spoke about um I, IUI. Yes, and she spoke about ICSI. So I think let's just go through the different options and and really di- dissect what each option involves. Um, into ter- in, in terms of 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 falling pregnant. Okay. If Start of
2: IUI because that's the easiest. Okay, so just let's just go through. IU. Okay, so IUI is artificial insemination. Okay, um, intro. I can't even say the words IUI in detail. It's artificial insemination. It's where the sperm is taken, washed, and put back into the woman on the appropriate day of the cycle when she's likely to be ovulating. Chances are the woman will have been put on a drug, something like Clomid, Mm. which will get her to stimulate or grow more eggs than usual. Not many, just a couple. And IUI can be very, very successful for many people. It doesn't work for everyone, in which case you might need to go for IVF. IVF is where they stimulate the woman quite heavily. Well, I wouldn't say quite heavily, but they stimulate her to produce more than the normal amount of eggs. So she could have anything from 5 to 15. Some people can have 20, but that could be going on the dangerous side and overstimulation. So her eggs are harvested and then they are put together with the sperm and hopefully grow lots of lovely embryos, which are put back into her directly into her uterus and hopefully have a pregnancy. In many cases, if there is a sperm factor problem, after IVF, you can have ICSI. ICSI means that the sperm is injected directly into the egg. Mm. So they have to break a little hole in the wall of the egg, put the sperm in, and again, hopefully grow some beautiful embryos um ICSI is just i mean it's phenomenal it if you have sperm problems or major sperm problems this is now an opportunity to have a child where for hundreds of years there's been no opportunity for men um so those are the most common treatments and you know IVF and ICSI also should be should should be noted that many women in South Africa have tubal damage or they've had a previous sterilization where they've had their tubes tied because they don't want to have any more babies. They meet a new partner, now they'd like to have a child. Tubal reversal isn't as successful as IVF can be. I mean, for some, some doctors have great success rates, others don't believe in it at all. IVF allows you to bypass problems like that by placing the, the egg or the embryo directly back into the uterus, like with an ectopic pregnancy, which is quite common. Your fallopian tubes can have been ruptured or damaged. How do you get pregnant? The sperm exactly. is not going to make it up there. Exactly. The passage. Yes. The sperm's not going to make it. Yeah. So IVF is now allowing people who have problems like this to fall pregnant and have their own babies. That's
0: awesome. And, uh, yeah, we've made such great um, great strides. And I think this is why, um as a Christian... When people come up with all these bizarre statements About how it's not real And it's not from God and so on I just don't understand I think I I actually sometimes feel That some people need to go through certain things Before they start Before they make judgments Before they preach Before they preach the pain of not having a, a baby is No one, until you've walked in those shoes You'll never know
2: Well, I think, you know, if people want to say that Then you might as well look at it and say Well, God gave us the doctors and the science to be able to do well, it Well,
0: that's, that's that's what I've, I've started saying to people now You know, uh,
2: ugh, but that's a story for another day, Angela I don't <laughs> want to get
0: started on this Let's talk about the cost of of these treatments I think, um, you know, as, as Saskia mentioned earlier on Gosh, guys, a cycle, the last time I referred a client to, um, there's a clinic, uh, Dr. Jacobs, Professor Jacobs, Dr. I can't even, Mervyn Jacobs. E, J- yeah.
1: Jacobson, yeah. Jacobson,
0: sorry. He's one of the leaders of, 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 um, uh, you know, in, in, in Africa. And when my patient came back and they said to me it was going to cost them cash, 50,000 rand per cycle. I nearly fell off my chair
1: yeah it depends what what you need doing as well. The more drugs you need um the more money it costs so obviously, the drug companies are involved in setting the prices for the drugs, but the fertility specialists are obviously specialists and when you go and see any any specialist um be it a gynecologist or anything for an oncologist whatever, they do charge specialist rates, it's, that's what they charge um so it depends a lot on what you need doing, how much intervention you need for how much it's going to cost you. The costs do vary greatly. There are some clinics that are less than others. There's not a specific rate that they need to all charge. Okay, so, so, okay,
0: yeah. Okay, wait. So some clinics are cheaper than others. Yes. I and mean, when you say cheaper, like a lot or a little bit cheaper?
1: Uh, it depends, um, it depends how far out you want to go.
0: Yeah.
1: It depends, um, on a few things, how, how, you know, how long the doctors have been around, how long the clinics been around, their success rates. Oh, That's I see. That's what they generally base it on. But, um, you can shop around, um, certain, certain government clinics offer, Fertility uh, treatments. Yeah, I know. Okay, so I know that the Steve Biko Academic mm-hmm. Hospital
0: yeah. offers it. I mean, because I studied at Techies and we we had a, a, a fertility clinic, but. There's a long, way, there's a waiting list, yes. and there's also criteria for you to be accepted into the clinic. Yes, and you this have is to a earn
1: certain under a certain amount of it's, yeah. Of, so it's not, not for earn more; everybody. you have to put it in. You have to put the money, some money, in towards your treatment yeah. anyway, and there is a waiting list. So, so it's good for people, people to know that. Yes, yeah. they need to go s- sooner rather than later if they do need to go that route. But also, it's a matter of. Of um, bonding with your specialist, So there's a lot of people that are very loyal To the clinics that they go to And they would never go and see another clinic Even if they don't have a successful pregnancy Or cycle because they bond with their specialist And it really depends on who What kind of personality you like Who you trust with this is essentially trusting them with with your your life, your children's lives. Mm. You're trusting these people. So some might go to a specialist and go, "Oh no, I really don't like him. He's just in it for the money." And some might like that spe- that specialist might just love him and want to to live with him forever in his pocket. So um, really, people do need to go and sh- not shop around, but go and visit a few clinics and see where they're most comfortable, and then you um, can decide whether it's worth spending more money to have comfort and to have specialists that that you trust or to spend less money and perhaps um, not be as comfortable. So really there's a lot of factors involved, not just the cost, but definitely there are some clinics out there that are, So you need to to
0: do your homework. It's very important. I mean, Nathan is listening to the show and he says he's really impressed by the work that you guys are doing. And this is what it's all about. This is the reason why I do what I do. I'm always wanting people to know what their health is all about. You know, there's not only one clinic you can go to. There's other options. There's, as you said, there's the Department of, of, you know, health via the academic hospitals and so on. Counseling. Where does, where does, you know, where does one go for counseling? Can you go to
2: any counselor? What would you recommend, Angela? It's very important to find a counsellor who has dealt with infertility, who understands, knows what you're talking about. Um, To be diagnosed as infertile is the loss of your dreams. Mm -hmm. It's it's a huge challenge for any woman, any man, any couple. And infertility can have an enormous impact on your marriage, your relationship, with your colleagues, your friends, everyone. So it's extremely important for people to realise, go for counselling understand this is traumatic it's hard you don't have to go through it alone there are people out there who've gone through this before you but we definitely recommend find a specialist and most of the clinics will offer a counsellor in their practice um, who knows all about infertility who can support you yeah, that
0: is so important. I think it's, and it's also, I think, battling with these feelings of failure. There's so much pressure from the world. Like, okay, now you're in a relationship, you're past a certain age, you're over 30, when's a baby coming? Oh, you've been married for so long, when's a baby coming? There's so much pressure and, 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 and you're dealing with the feeling of, of, of having failed. There's no baby, what's wrong with you, you know?
1: And it's, yeah, it's hard. And you never um, get over that. Um, you have all the, when are you, um, having babies questions? I mean, we'd be married, my husband and i have be married. And my family just thought it was fine every time they saw us to, to ask those questions because we didn't disclose our infertility until a couple of years down, down the road. However, our family and friends know what we went through to have our little boy and they still ask us when, when's the next one coming or when are you going to try for oh. another one or are you going to adopt again? And,
0: oh, and it's no. like, really.
1: But, um, and I don't, we never, we're not going to adopt again. I'm not going to take that chance away of somebody else having the baby of their dreams. When we were trying and we were in the doldrums and we were in our worst. We just wanted a baby, one baby. When people were trying and doing ten cycles for second or third or fourth, I just didn't understand. Them. I mean, that's their 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 journey, so it's fine. But I couldn't understand it. I said, I will just be happy with one. Oh. And still, people have really big thing about only children, even though you know, when we were kids, there was lots of only children around, and they grew up quite fine. But um, well, I'm an
0: only child, yeah, and I turned out quite so okay, <laughs> perfectly. So there you
1: go, case in point. But um, they think it's still fine, even though they know. Everything of what we've been through to ask those questions. So people just aren't aware of it like like we are. Like we we you know. Or the
2: hurt they can cause. Yes.
1: That's just one one sentence can cause somebody. So just asking people to be a little bit more aware um of what your family or your friend might be going through and if perhaps they have been married for a certain amount of time, some people don't want children. Just <laughs> that's respect another thing that. as well. Some yeah. people just don't want kids and it's okay. Yes, just respect it. Just don't there's no need for you to ask those questions, it's their life. And you know, if they offer you if they offer you an explanation then that's absolutely fine. But just try and stop being so nosy <laughs> if you can possibly help it. Um not all infertility people not all infertiles manage to have a child. Some of them have to learn how to live child free and they have to be okay with that. Not all not all people are as lucky as perhaps Angela and myself were. So they also people also need to be aware that that um you know, people will be going through that and having to come to terms and mourn the loss of their genetic material, their, their dreams, their, and they're gonna to have to try change their life to fit that sort of new life dream in. So they need to really just be a little bit patient and nice to people uh, that are perhaps going through that. But I encourage the men out there to, to look for, um people to talk to. You can talk online, you'll hide behind your computer, no one will know it's you. Um we've got, I mean, my husband has said before that he doesn't mind speaking to people about um, what he went through and what they can go through, uh, what they what they might be going through. So, if you want to in, in, email us on info at ifasa.ca.za and give your email address, I can ask uh, my husband to contact you. Look online for um, forums that support you, and um, and then just just speak, just speak about it. Speak about it to your wife. Speak about it to your girlfriend. It's not embarrassing. Um, it's yeah, it's not embarrassing and you not you might you, you don't need to there's a lot of men going through what you were going through. That's what you need to remember. It's not just you. There's a lot of it's one in 6 couples and that's couples, not just the female, it's couples. So you need to know that there's going to be somebody out there that in your close friends and family and colleagues that you can talk to about it. It's nothing to be embarrassed about at all. And also, as I mentioned before, we're a direct link between the public and the industry experts. So we have a doctor monitored email address. It's doctor at So doctor at afasa.co.za. And a specialist will reply to your email if you have any queries that you want to ask. Not, obviously not just for the men. This is for the women or anybody out there that would like to just, just to get some input, professional medical input into what they're going through and they haven't managed to go and make an appointment with a specialist just yet. Wow
0: that's amazing. You guys are doing an amazing job. Thank you. And um oh wow Angela, you spoke about how you, you you were going to disclose to your daughter that she, you know, she came from an from an egg donor. And do you guys offer any um information for for, for parents who want like ways of disclosure, like you know, just maybe disclosing to a child that they
2: adopted an egg donor, you know, is there's, a, there's a lot of that information on our website. We're not actually a support group of people directly. Okay. What we do is, you know, we're building awareness of infertility on a broader scale. We will list all the specialists, the SASREG accredited specialists throughout South Africa, where you can go for support. We'll list the support groups you can go to. And all the information there and how to disclose your child with it, I mean, Disclose to them their IVF if you choose to do that. People, I mean, there's a lot of IVF babies out there and Mm. nobody knows. Mm, I mean, parents, the grandparents don't know. It's amazing.
1: But they can ask us personally if they want to know how we perhaps doing it. They can ask Angela. Her email address is on our website. And myself, my email address is also on our website about adoption. We've got a a load of books that we've been told to read to them from an early age. It becomes, we use the word adoption in day-to-day life. It just becomes something that's very normal. It's just part of life. It's just part and of life. Yeah. yeah. I'm never going, people ask why are you even going to tell him? I'm like, Well, what am I gonna hide from him? It's his it's his his journey too. I'm not mm. gonna lie about it's his birth rate. Yes, where he came from. We've made peace with it. Um I'm sure when he's a teenager if he shouts that I'm not his mom, I'll burst into tears and rock in the corner. But all I can do is give him the best um life that I possibly can and be there for him if he does want to find his his birth mom. I will support him hundred percent. um He's my boy. I, I couldn't love him more if I tried. He um has wrapped everyone around his little finger, everybody that was perhaps a little bit against adoption in my family and my friends who didn't who only knew horror stories about adoption He's taught them all a thing or two about genetics. Let me tell you yeah. so um yeah. I think they're so important. They can ask us
2: personally if they want any personal input for sure. An important point to note as well with regards to infertility is many people will say, why don't you just adopt Mm -hmm. and think that adoption is the answer for everyone? It was the answer for Saskia and her husband and it worked out fantastically. But adoption is not for everyone. And adoption is not as simple a process as people would like to believe. It's not. There's
0: just, so much involved.
2: Yes. Just becau- because there's hundreds of thousands or millions of orphaned children in the world, it yeah. doesn't mean you can get your hands on a baby that easily. There's a lot of red tape to go through. It's oh, not right. as horrific once you get into it. But if you're a white person and you want to adopt a black baby, it's not just as easy as mm. that. A lot of the, the adoption agencies are religiously based. Mm-hmm um will not give the child to a person of a different religion they will not give the child to same sex couples mm. there's lots of red tape you have to go through no that's true that so is so true it's not an answer to say just adopt yeah. it doesn't work for everyone some people like myself i really wanted to experience pregnancy
0: mm. well that's amazing someone's asked a question that um if you if you go for say ivf can you choose the gender of the baby no, no. Okay, so that is
2: not
1: enough. No, no, we had to clear that. Not in South Africa, you can't. I think in America or somewhere else you can Okay. currently. And anyway, if you want to go that route and have your genetic testing and that costs a lot more money than the IVF cycle itself, if they're going to be looking at the embryo to determine certain genetic aspects or including sex, then Mm -hmm. that's going to cost you a lot of money. But you're not allowed to do that in this country. They will tell you when they put them back, but you're not allowed to choose. Between the two embryos, if one happens to be a girl or one happens to be a oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, the only reason period. where
2: you can do it here is if there's a genetic, um, disease that can be passed on, say a boy might be carrier yeah. of cystic fibrosis. Okay. So in that case, you're allowed, if you're, if the, if you're concerned that it is going to be a problem, mm. you're allowed to find out because you obviously don't want to create this child who's going to have terrible
1: illness okay but you well, can't choose it just to make a perfect family no yeah.
0: yeah well thank you so much ladies i think i need your details i th- we need your twitter handles um it's at a
1: FASA. our mm-hmm. twitter handles at a FASA. we've got a facebook so it's page I-F-A-A-S-A. that's right and we've got a facebook page the infertility awareness association of south africa um it's a faster as well on facebook isn't it yeah. so please like our facebook page we do have events um every so often we do seminars with our with our specialists um so if you want to be kept involved in that we have a newsletter that goes out once a month is it once a month or once a quarter with a lot of information on it um, and as i said we we do have contact with f- specialists at all times so please like our facebook page to keep in touch and go on to our website www.fascer.ca.ca thank you so much for being here, thank, thank you thank you thanks for the thank opportunity